Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be back with you guys after two weeks in Asia. My wife and I left two Sundays ago. Crazy trip, so we'll tell you a little bit about it on today's podcast. But thanks for joining us. If you haven't shared the podcast in a while, please do me a favor. Share it. Uh, let the other people in your life know that you listen to a good podcast and it blesses you. The people that message me saying, hey, a friend shared this and I listened to it. People who I've never met, like your podcast is awesome, um, always encourages me. So let's see some more natural growth. But we left, my wife and I left two Sundays ago with um, uh, Pastor Rodney and Adonica and the team. And we left uh, right after the Sunday morning service. So we had Sunday morning here in Tampa, got on a plane. Um, at 1 p.m., flew to Anchorage, Alaska, eight-hour flight. So what time is it in Anchorage? It's five o'clock. You go back four hours. So it felt like nine, um, felt like 9 p.m. for us, but when we landed, it was 5 p.m. So we went back four hours, and then service started at 7, which felt like 11 p.m. for us. Service ended at 11, which felt like 3 a.m. for us. When we got to bed at midnight, which felt like 4 a.m. It was kind of a, it was a pretty, <laughs> pretty long day. Uh, we wake up, and from there we fly. Um, uh, figure this one out. We leave uh, Monday morning at like 9 a.m., and we fly to uh, Hiroshima, Japan. But because of the, the date timeline, it's a 17-hour time difference between Anchorage and, and where we were in Hiroshima. We land Tuesday morning, so it felt like 4 p.m. Uh, for our bodies. It felt like 4 p.m., on a, uh, we left at 8 a.m. We felt it felt like 4 p.m. on Monday to us, but it was Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. And so that was probably the longest day of my life because we get in there and the day starts and we, you know, went and get go to the hotel and get checked in and then um, we were able to grab a quick nap and then eat some food and then make our way to um, the service. But it was so impactful that first night, man, seeing the young, especially the young people get touched by God. The highlight for me was seeing. Um, a lot of the children get touched by God and Pastor Rodney having uh, words of, of people being called to the ministry. One um, percent uh, of the Japanese population, they say, is a, is Christian. So just seeing the huge need of of um, the Japanese people for the gospel, man, the need, the harvest field truly is ripe. You know, you could just go over there, called by God, go over there and just live and never turn back and, and always be preaching to someone who hasn't heard the gospel. Uh, there was a great man of God who said, I think it was maybe T.L. Osborne, but he said, um, I don't think anyone should hear the gospel twice before someone else has heard it once. Um, but just seeing the great need of the people over there, the, the awesome Japanese people. So we went from there. <laughs> By the time we got to bed, it was like midnight. It felt like, man, probably 8, 10 in the morning the next day. It was a pretty, pretty long day. We were with um, the Ganyans were there, who's, um, for those who don't know, is Pastor Rodney's right-hand man is... Um, uh, Pastor Eric and his son Elliot um, was the photographer on the trip and he took photos and he said to his dad, he said, uh, Dad, why does it feel like the ground is moving? <laughs> That's what happens when you've been, uh, when you're encountering different time zones. But we went from there to um, Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia. I never thought I would be in Mongolia. Mongolia is pretty interesting. It's bordered by, if you look at it, it's Russia's to the north and China's to the south. But it's a nation that's actually never been conquered. So, but you see influences for both. They the people look Asian, but their language is more Russian. If you look at the lettering, it looks Russian. Half of Mongolia has been claimed by the 
Chinese, and so they call it Inner Mongolia. So there's Mongolians living in China, but it's just because half of the land was absorbed, right? They're famous for their yurts, which is this like round hut that people live in. But we got to go and um, uh, we had two days there. Uh, Pastor Rodney met with some, was invited by the government to go, which is crazy. It's been a uh, traditionally a Buddhist nation, but now open to the gospel. Um, and he got to meet uh, with some of the government and they had a traditional, we stayed home and caught up on sleep, but had a traditional meal. I heard they ate lamb brains and horse dumplings and all sorts of things. I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll experiment when it comes to food, but I also do like to draw the line somewhere. And I think lamb's brain might be right where I draw the line. Um, but uh, so we had the night there in, in Mongolia. Uh, again, another night. Man, everywhere you go where you meet people, it's why I love the anointing, because wherever you go, you meet people. You cannot even understand the language, but that band that got up at seven o'clock and started playing music, playing music they were so anointed. And so it doesn't, you, I don't know what they're singing because they're singing a Mongolian, but you can feel the anointing when they're singing. Wherever you go in the world, there's a scripture that says, the anointing teaches you. It's the anointing that teaches you. You can tell if something's from God or not by the anointing. Um, uh, it's, it's, uh, someone can be speaking in a different language. Pastor Rodney tells the story of being in Hawaii and wanting to do like a traditional cookout and looking up a company that does these cookouts and they go to this place and they start singing. And he looks at Pastor Donica and says, I feel the anointing. And she's like, what are you talking about? They're singing in the Hawaiian language. And sure enough, they're singing amazing grace turns out in that language or one of these songs. And he's like, I knew I felt the anointing. The anointing is universal. It doesn't matter where you go. It's still the anointing. Um, but one of the things that I learned on the trip, we went from there, uh, in, from Mongolia to Thailand, which was really the highlight for me, the highlight of the trip of all the meetings. Um, it was pretty interesting, though, because the morning we left Mongolia, I think there was something at breakfast that people ate where Elliot and Pastor Rodney got pretty sick. And on the way to the meeting, um, Elliot didn't come to the meeting because he started uh, throwing up before. But uh, Pastor Rodney tells the story, and uh, if you follow him on Instagram, you saw it, but of getting sick and throwing up. He said in all the years, he's never felt as bad as he did. And like in the car, just trying to blow cold air on his face and then throwing up, getting to the venue and throwing up some more, um, but getting out there to preach. And really, that's just a decision you have to make as a minister is like, it doesn't matter what I feel like. Um, I, I've preached jet lag before, but just just saying, hey, I'm I'm going out there and I'm going to believe the Lord's going to grace my body, you know, grace my mind for this to get this done. If you're easily, if a little bit of a cough will stop you from preaching the gospel, the devil will make sure you always have a little bit of a cough, right? Um, but preaching, uh, but seeing the hunger of the people. And so today I'm going to uh, obviously talk about um, the trip, but but I want to talk about uh, your approach, how you approach the things of God. The reason that city was the highlight for me, um, yes, Pastor Rodney maybe had to lean on the Holy Ghost a little bit more just because of his body, but it was, it was the, the word is anointed, right? Um, the, the, the preaching, Pastor Rodney, I believe, brings his A game every time. He's not slacking when he comes to bring the word of God. Uh, but you saw the anointing come and people getting touched from the get-go, even from the worship people, uh, 3,000 people, people outside in the muggy heat, in the overflow, but just pressing in, crying. You, see, you saw people getting touched even before 
Pastor Rodney got up, and it was this expectancy of people coming to the meeting, the way they approached it, ready to go. They came with expectation, ready to receive from the anointing. And it was a contrast to the trip we went to before in Canada, where one of the churches, there was, it was like, it felt like trudging through mud. And, and Pastor Rodney's preaching is hard out, but it felt like there was no response from the people. But it was because they didn't come with an expectation. And so as a, as a Christian, the way you approach the things of God matters. If you show up to church and you're going just like you're stamping your punch card and you're, well, I'm just here. This is what I'm doing. I go. That's not the right attitude. You come to receive. Treat treat the uh, every message you hear like I'm getting fed. I'm getting fed uh, a hot meal and I need to treat it like this. If you come like the person who's been eating snacks all morning, you're, you're coming to lunch with not much of an expectation. You know, we can sit down, you and me, and we can sit down and you may describe the meal as your, the best food that you've ever eaten in your life. And I may say, ah, it was all right. And what's the difference? Yes, maybe I've eaten better food, but the reality could be that you've you are you haven't eaten in two days, so whatever it is you're eating, there's a more of a desire to be nourished, right? Whereas for me, I may have been eating snacks all morning, so you're not going to sit down and and be full and sit down and say this is the best meal of my life. If you're full before you start eating, hunger matters, and hunger must be cultivated. When you approach the Word, it's a place of humility. It's a place of Lord, I need Your Word. Your Word is my life. The only reason I have salvation is because of Your Word. It's the entrance of your word that brings light. The only reason I'm I'm headed in the right direction is because of your word. It's because I followed your precepts. When you approach the word with a hunger, with the humility on a daily basis, and I know how it is, like the devil wants to rob you by making your daily disciplines just a routine. You just do them out of compulsion, like, oh, you know, I'm just going to pray. You know, the way you approach prayer actually matters. If you approach it like it's a checklist to do, oh, I have to pray. I have to pray. I have to have my prayer time. Prayer isn't just something you do. It's somewhere you go. The purpose of prayer is to is to get the mind of God. The purpose of prayer is to stir yourself up on on your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. The purpose of prayer it's like drilling. It's like uh, pumping a well or drilling a hole. It's like you're trying to go somewhere. You're stirring yourself up. You're getting yourself over into the Holy Ghost. It isn't just okay. I did my fifteen minutes. Your approach matters. And so in Thailand, to see the people's approach to the to the things of God, to see them approaching uh, the anointing the way they did, man, it was it was crazy. The altar was packed. And at the end, Pastor Rodney prayed for the fire and it was like dominoes, people just falling, hundreds of people at the altar just falling over um, by the power of God, wa- like swept over like a wave by the power of God. And it was amazing to see even the pastor who's been in the ministry for many years, has a church, a, a big church in Seattle, and is, is from, um, uh, I believe, Thailand originally, um, the translator, but get, just getting touched just as he's translating, receiving from the anointing to see his approach. And then you see other people who just take it lightly. They, they're in a good church, but they take it lightly. They don't show up with, with expectation on a daily basis. God responds to your approach. God responds to your expectation. If, if, you, if you say, man, I find it difficult to receive, that's on you. That's not on the Lord. That's, you, that's where you need to slow down and, and even maybe spend time before you go to church. Lord, 
I, I humble myself, and it may start by faith. Lord, I humble myself. I need to receive from you. Lord, let today be for me. Lord, I treasure your word. I treasure it like it's my life. I treat it like it's a fine meal. I treat it like it's like it's my future, and my, my whole life depends on this. Your approach matters. Going on from Thailand, we went to um, Cambodia. I mean, Cambodia was awesome. It kind of it started storming. As we were leaving, people were like wading through water, like up past their ankles to go to church. It didn't stop them. People knew the storm was coming, but they still came. The the It's monsoon season, right? So this just rains and rains and rains. Um, uh, uh, so Cambodia, seeing people get touched and um, uh, there. And then from Cambodia, we went to Malaysia. This um, awesome church, people had it all together. The The ministry helps. Like you, it was a church of excellence. You could see the people coming and, and, and were there ready to serve. Um, awesome church uh, there, and then just breezing through the rest. So we went to Manila, Philippines was again another highlight. I got to see an old friend, Adam Grigsby, who recently got married and moved over there. Um, so great to see him again. A lot altar call packed, set eighteen hundred people or so in the place, if I'm remembering correctly. Seven hundred people at the altar, um, uh, right at seven hundred people. Uh, but just seeing people get uh, filled, but with the power of God at the end, like it just, it just again. The fire of God spread, uh, people getting touched all over the whole the whole place. Amazing to see people get uh, set ablaze. There's so much that happens in these meetings from people getting their joy restored, their salvation, people coming back to their first love, people recommitting their lives, people getting equipped to, re- to, to reap the harvest. And then from there, we went to Vietnam. Vietnam was, again, another highlight for me, just seeing, man, you're... It's, you're, you're uh, you are, it's a persecuted church. Same with China where we went. As as a local Vietnamese, you can be persecuted for being a Christian. Um, uh, people get uh, beat up for being Christians. People get persecuted for being Christians. As an outsider coming in, it's illegal for outsiders to come in and preach the gospel. So that's why it was kept under wraps until it had happened already. I was standing, I walked out, uh, the one carload of us of the team got there and Pastor Rodney's car was behind us a ways. And so I walked outside and I was waiting by the front of this church for the car to pull up. And the lady came, the pastor of the church came to me and said, can you, can you come back inside? And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'm waiting. I thought she was just trying to be courteous. And she's like, you being outside is not good. If they see that a foreigner's here to preach to the Vietnamese people, we can get in big trouble. And so just understanding that people, every time they go to worship, Every single time they can get arrested for worshiping Jesus, but they've counted the cost. Hey, I'd rather worship Jesus and get arrested for it than not worship Jesus. And seeing that, seeing then again, the the joy of the Lord sweep through people get touched with the anointing. The pastor of that church actually said that the next day we got word back that he couldn't even drive his car yet. He couldn't even drive his car because of the anointing. And then from there into China and from China into South Korea to, uh, to end everything and then back. But life-changing week, man, I wish we had more cities to go to. It was awesome. 11 cities, over seven, uh, 7,500 people trained up to, to, to win uh, the lost, mobilized for the harvest. And I believe in these next 10, 15, 20 years, only, time, only eternity will tell the true impact of these meetings where whole nations, the destinies of nations can change because of um, people getting set ablaze to, to uh, set ablaze by the fire, fire of God for the harvest. If you're not winning souls, you're missing out on reaping eternal fruit. As a Christian, hear me on this, as a Christian, 
You can, I believe, you cannot stay on fire without being a soul winner. You cannot stay on fire without winning souls. Make it a part of who you are. But your approach to the word, your approach to winning souls, if it's just compulsion, hey, I just have to get this done. It's part of who I am. I just have to do it like doing my chores for my parents. You're robbing yourself. It's about your heart. God wants your heart engaged. So whatever you do, do is unto the Lord. Do from your heart, with all your heart, as unto the Lord. We love you. We'll see you on the next podcast. Thanks for joining us every day. We'll see you tomorrow.